Welcome to This Week Health Community. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Today, we have an interview in action from the 2023 fall conferences of Chime in San Antonio and Health in Las Vegas. And we wanna thank our show sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. And they are Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com. And here we go. All right, here we are for another interview in action from the Chime Fall Forum. And we're here with Mike Lucy with ServiceNow. Right, nice to see everybody. I'm looking forward to this conversation, Bill. I am as well. You're, what's your role with ServiceNow? So I lead our industry solutions team globally. So my team looks after payer, provider, pharma, and med device, which is really an interesting role because while everybody thinks they're slightly different, they have so many commonalities and they're all kind of looking for help, which is why I'm excited to be at Chime today because I think everybody here is one trying to figure out how do I keep doing the things that I'm doing and do it better? And then where are the opportunities to transform my business? And that may sound easy, but it, we all know it's not. And it's interesting because your platform is one of the ones I think that is the most misunderstood in the industry. I agree. So you're going to educate me. This is where we're going to go. So I'm an old CIO, 2012, 2013. I think this is what you were in 2012, 2013. We were looking at you for ITSN. Yeah, which many of our customers have used us for. Is that where they start generally or? Yeah, there's a, a couple different places. I tend to bring it back to what was ITSM? Well, it's really service management, but in the use of IT functionality, tickets, assets, other things like that. What we've seen over, especially during the pandemic time period, is applying those principles to other areas can be equally impactful, and it's actually necessary in the future. So I bet if I said to you that we were the primary vaccination platform for Scotland, Germany, Australia, a number of places in the United States, you'd probably say, what does that have to do with ITSM? No, but it's the component. If I break down ITSM, it's the components, and you just put the components back together, it's workflow, it's ticketing or scheduling, it's you just put the components back together to solve a different problem within the business. All reuse. So if you, you look and say front end, portal, chatbot, knowledge, yes. Or somebody may have had that already. Well, I now need to kick off these workflows. What would the workflows be? Health assessment. I need to ask a patient a bunch of different questions, put them in the cohorts, and then kick off a workflow that goes around it where for example, in Scotland, those over the age of 80, they didn't have a phone to necessarily interact with. So it was go and kick off a paper statement with the right information to it, allow them to call in and get scheduled to the ones that were more technology kind of advanced and capable to now you can just walk in with your QR code. Like you said, reusing all of those same components in different ways. That's interesting. What other use cases? Because that was really fascinating to me. Yeah, and most are, you know, one of the most common things that I get in the last two years is I didn't know ServiceNow does all of these other things. I know, that's, things. that's where I'm going. I and, yeah, and so what I love about this job is, and why I came to ServiceNow is, workflow I think is the underpinning of what we all tend to do, right? Like we're at these places because we want to have the right impact, and we know that it's difficult to do that. And so as a company, 
we've taken those concepts, we applied it. I saw that you had interviewed Craig Richerville, or he may have interviewed you earlier, I think, in the, right. the springtime. He's the only one who's ever interviewed me on the show. Yeah. He, he turned the tables completely. Yeah, and Craig's a customer of ours. He had some additional problems around onboarding of clinicians. And so how do you leverage workflow to take something that may take months, three to six months, and bring it down to a handful of weeks? Lots of different steps, lots of interactions. People were being requested for different pieces to streamline that entire process. And so again, taking workflow and what we've done over I guess the last 18 years is apply that to the employee experience, the technology experience, customer experience, and then over the last three years, we've been applying that to more and more healthcare specific use cases. So we talked about the vaccination programs, which is really, in my opinion, patient access. How do you identify a patient and how do you register them for services and get them to the point of care? Two, we also helped with three of the COVID vaccines that made it to market. They leveraged a lot of these same pieces for their clinical trials. Again, same underlying concepts, just being used in a different way. So when I've had conversations over the last two days here, what I'm hearing from all of these executives is, wow, I'm struggling to do the tactical, and then people keep coming to me to do the strategic. I rationalize one app out, and I have two more apps right behind it that people are asking me to use. How do I build this agility layer in to essentially advance my business without kind of collapsing on all the day-to-day -day functions. I'm going to go in two directions with you. One is, we hear all the time, EHR first, right? Mm -hmm. Either Epic, Meditech, Cerner's, like if we have it, leverage the platform. You should. So, a lot of people have ServiceNow. Mm -hmm. Is, I assume the conversation with them is, did you know that you can fill in the blank? It's, yes. Is it a conversation where you sit down with them and go, hey, just, Talk about your, just talk about your problems for 15 minutes and let us sit over here and just write some notes and then let's have a conversation. It's some of that and actually what many are looking for is, can you show me what others are doing? Can you right. give me examples? So you bring up the large EMRs. We look at the large EMRs and say they have a really important function and the people interacting with them are trying to do their jobs and when they run into a problem, what do they do? So three years ago, we run these user groups and we get great attendance around like Epic. We have 150 customers that normally attend that user group call. One of the very first things that they asked us to help with was when a clinician runs into an issue specifically in the EMR, they need to get help. ServiceNow, could you help us figure out a way that they don't actually have to leave the EMR to get help? Okay. So we worked on that. We actually worked on it with a few of the different EMRs, and we built an integrated help button for the clinician that they never leave their system. And now what we saw with that, and we have a lot of customers that have been using that with us, is their ticket volumes go through the roof. And so you have to ask, well, like, is that the thing that you want? Well, in your previous yeah, role, what you want. yeah, I was going to say, in your previous role, what do you think when all of a sudden the volumes go through the roof? What's causing that? Yeah, I, actually, my immediate thought is, these are all the problems that we didn't know about that are festering underneath, and we have an employee satisfaction problem across the board, and this is part of what contributes to it. And you need visibility. You need visibility, right? And, and I, I think of this as, for the people that are providing all the care, who's providing care back to the people that are providing the care? And that is, I think, actually a big job of the individuals that are here is, how do you support that work getting done? And how do you give a voice to 
the workers that don't always have a voice, or when they do want to raise their voice, make it so simple to do it that everybody feels empowered and more time gets spent at bedside versus at the keyboard trying to fix a problem. All right, we're going to be doing webinars a little different this year. I've talked to you a little bit about this. We got together with our advisors. They told us, hey, you got to do them different. They're just not serving the community well. And we said, what do you want? They said, community-generated topics, great contributors, not product-driven. They want a more honest and open discussion. And they said, what we want is no on-demand webinars. We want once-and-done type webinars on a consistent date and time. So every first Thursday of the month, our first one being January 5th, first Thursday of month, one o'clock Eastern time, we are going to be doing a webinar. You can count on it. Put it on your calendar. Every first Thursday of the month at one o'clock Eastern time, we're going to do a webinar. The topics are going to be generated by the community, and we would love to have you there. Our first one, January 5th, priorities for 2023, a CIO discussion with Integrated Delivery Networks. February 2nd, we're going to come back with Academic Medical Center CIOs talking about their priorities. And then we're going to hit some of the other great topics that they've given us for the year. And we would love to have you join us again, thisweekhealth.com, top right-hand corner. It'll have our current webinar and our upcoming webinars. You can sign up right there. And if you miss it, it's not on demand anymore. So we would love to have you there. Make sure somebody from your team is there taking notes and bringing stuff back to your staff. So we hope that this works out. Any feedback, go ahead and send us a note. We would love to hear about it. All right, let's keep going. So that's a significant number of healthcare providers who are sitting there going, look, we already have ServiceNow, how do we leverage it? I don't know what your market share is, but I assume it's not 100. And so there are still going to be some health systems out there that aren't using ServiceNow. Where does that cover? Does that conversation still start at the IT shop or sometimes are you being brought in elsewhere? It depends. Most are using, like, we have a very large footprint, not only in the United States, all around the world. And so for those that know us in the historical spot, maybe in IT, like ITSM or something else around that, the ones where we find a lot of success and kind of sharing things that we've seen is where the CIO, CTO has partnered with somebody else in the organization, two in a box to say, let's tackle this problem. That's where all of a sudden the expansion of where's the first place we should go? Well, can we reuse some of these other pieces to solve this problem? And it becomes that. I have a, an example outside the US. So in Norway, the southern part of Norway is called Helsa Sorus, which is essentially the Southern Health Board. They have a problem which is 8,000 surgery cancellations a year for elective surgeries. Wow. So if you have 8,000, you have a public healthcare system and you really don't want your citizens and waiting. see, when you say that to a CIO, I immediately do a math problem in my head yes. and go, that's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of unused capacity, capacity, a lot of money. Right, it's all capacity. And so they said, we need some help. What we would look for is how do we backfill, how do we fill up those 8,000 slots? Well, what's getting in the way of it? As soon as somebody cancels, you need the map Who's the next best person in line? What are the resources available to perform that next surgery? The room, the assets, the individuals, and then come up with a way of suggesting, here's the best match, and let the scheduler then go and do that job to match it out, all to essentially say, the backlog of elective surgeries waiting to happen. How do I transform the experience for those individuals to say, you don't have to wait six months anymore? We're gonna get you in in two or three. In the US, it's a utilization issue as well, which is, wow, that's a lot of capacity that could have been generating 
some additional revenue for the hospital that would help them continue on their mission because they have more dollars coming in. But as you say that, I can think of two point solutions that do that. Mm -hmm. Point solutions. Yeah. Right, and this gets back to the Meditech first, Epic first kind mm -hmm. of conversation. If you already have ServiceNow, somebody's out there looking at these point solutions, and every time you do that, this is how we ended up with 1,700 applications, as opposed to utilizing the platforms that you have. Right. This is where those user groups probably are invaluable to say, hey, did yeah. you know that you could? Absolutely, and that's where those user groups, we get so many of the best ideas from because we know that these are real issues going on with practical applicability into the environment. And somebody that's saying, I don't want to add an, yet another application in here. In one of my conversations earlier, the individual said 700 applications, every time they retire one, somebody comes in with two more. Right. Absolutely. And I, I don't think that's unique to that individual, right? Like that's the, and, and so can you imagine, I've been on both sides, on the building technology for the market and also buying technology for the market. And I know that at a certain point, there was so much work to just manage everything that we'd already bought that more and more that came in, we just got slower and slower. And so how do you rationalize that portfolio and every time the next use case comes in, that you can identify and say, here's the best way to solve it. I'll give you another real example because I actually think it speaks to how do you bring the power to the individuals that are doing the jobs? Earlier in the year at one of our conferences, HCA presented with us where they had put together a team of nurses. That team of nurses said, what are common issues that we're running into at bedside? We're running into issues around spills, patient safety issues. We're running into challenges with like something got dirty in the room. Well, they don't have time to clean that. They're not going to go get the paper towels or anything. And in some cases, they shouldn't be touching whatever has spilled, right? It could be dangerous for them. Right. So they gave the power to the nurses to say, what are your most common issues? Go and what experience would you want and who needs to do that work for you? Boom, 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 click on that and it routes it to the right place. And that's where I get really excited, which is it may sound mundane. I call it pragmatic. But that's what we're trying to address. It's interesting, so a lot of conversations with CIOs, three things coming up. One is employee satisfaction clinician burnout, those kinds of things. Second is financial challenges, and the third is cyber. Right. And as I listened to this, I heard you address all three of them. One is application sprawl means larger attack surface, larger Absolutely. attack vector. Also means more licenses, all that other stuff. So we're, we're addressing costs, we're addressing this, and we're addressing employee satisfaction because we're giving them solutions in their workflow. We are. It's where they want to live, it's where they already live, and it's where they want to operate. And so it's really interesting. You can tell the difference between a, a point solution and a platform, because a platform can be applied to a whole set of problems where a point solution generally goes, yeah, we're going we're gonna to help yeah. you with this one. Well, and uh, so I'll add to, when you think about that idea of a platform going across all those areas, so one of the things that we believe the future will look like, especially for individuals here representing these organizations, is more care delivery will happen in the home. And so if you think what it takes to make that happen, it's more devices in the delivery of care, more locations where care is being delivered, people doing different roles than, they, than they've ever done before, and more quantity of people needing care. How do you connect the workflows of every one of those things together if you try to solve it with a different solution in each one of those? And so one of the things that we had actually laid out on our roadmap three years ago was 
helping organizations with their clinical assets. So the CERF has now always been known for helping on the traditional assets. We've expanded now where we've built out a full end-to-end -end set of capabilities to manage the clinical assets. So biomed, there's at least 15 names I can think of. Everybody's got a different name for it. But the whole idea is, back to what you were saying is, okay, who cares about those clinical assets more than anybody in the organization that's using them in delivery of care? Procurement, heavy capital intensive effort. And we know there's a ton of waste out there. Two, the devices are broken or they can't be found because they're in different spots. So how do you make sure that they're readily available for the clinician that needs them? And then three, how do you make sure that the tax surface shrinks versus expands as you get more of these devices in different locations? And so that idea of a platform to go across all of those things, that's what we've been doing, right? Connect that asset with the clinician, with the patient, all in one experience. Don't try to add complication, rather embrace what investments have been done and make those systems better, better than they were before. And then over time, where it makes sense for the CIO to rationalize out something, give them a path to be more financially capable to do other things because they've taken out the waste. That's what's super critical. Fantastic. Mike, I want to thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conferences. I love hearing from people on the front lines and it is phenomenal that they have taken the time to share their wisdom and experience with the community, which is greatly appreciated. We also want to thank our channel sponsors one more time who invest in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.